Houston. You're live in the hive with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Let's go straight out to the HRP guest line, being joined by our favorite handicapper, Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. Lee, thanks so much for, for taking a few minutes, hanging out with us on this Thursday. Two and three last week, but still crushing it this football season. Yeah, it, you know we're going to go over the, the toughest games and the games that your listeners want to hear about. But what a year! I mean, this is my thirtieth year, forty-seven, twenty-one and two to start the year. Yeah. So um, it's been incredible. Anyone wants to jump on board? How about this? You don't need to sign up for a month, a year. We have not lost a Thursday night game since opening week. Wow! If you want okay. the game tonight, we call it our Thursday night thriller. This is a Best bet that we're releasing. Get tonight's game, $25. Love to have you aboard. Uh, you can purchase it at ParamountSports.com. That's the sample platter that gets you mm-hmm. to eat the entire meal. I love that. Right. We had that two weeks ago with Oregon State on a Friday night. And <laughs> easy 21-7 win uh, as an underdog. Lee Sterling, our guest on the HRNP guest line. Let's start with some college football, Lee. I'll save the uh, the Thursday nighter in college football for, for Blankers. We'll start in the Big 12 Conference near and dear to my heart. I was in Lubbock a, a couple of weeks ago. Kansas State will be in Lubbock this weekend. Texas Tech hosting Kansas State. A very, very small line there. It's a tight line. What are you seeing in Lubbock on Saturday night? So I think Texas Tech's one of the most improved teams over the last couple of weeks, and I love what they did to Baylor. They took them apart. They dismantled them. They won by 25. And that was even with two turnovers. So there are some times where some of the stuff they do on offense, you're like, what's going on here? They'll run the ball seven or eight times, get six, eight, ten yards every carry, and then all of a sudden try a double reverse pass. So, and it, and it blows up. They, if, they just play smart. This is an easy win. This Kansas State team is not the same team we saw last year or even the first week of the season. They lost their best player on the team. It's their middle linebacker, Will Howard, trying to fit the ball into tight spaces. It's not working. Texas Tech wins again, 31-27. Well, here's the game that we know a lot of eyes, especially on this show, are going to be watching and more tonight, and it's in Houston, and it's going to be an interesting game. It's the Hoagie Bowl. It's the Dana Hogerson Bowl. It's his old team, West Virginia, coming into H-Town to take on the Cougs. Lee, break it down for us. Yes. So, (laughs) common opponents here, Texas Tech, West Virginia, beat them by 7-20-13 with a two-turnover disadvantage, while Houston lost by 21 points. Three of four Division I opponents have run for at least – 200 yards on this Houston defense. And that's how the Mountaineers roll here with Donaldson running the football. They run the ball 67% of the snaps. Houston, talk about coaching staffs. You find out what coaching staffs are all about after bye weeks. Houston 1-7 and against the spread after the bye week. I think they're getting worn down. I, this team is just not real talented here. West Virginia, Neil Brown, they were talking about firing this guy. This guy could win eight or nine games. West Virginia, 30-22. to 
Lee Sterling, our guest on the HRP guest line. You can find him at Paramount Sports, ParamountSports.com. Switch it over to the NFL games, Lee. I was looking at some of these earlier today, handicapping some of these games, and one that I was just torn on. I have no idea how to view it, so I'm glad it's one of the games you're giving to us uh, for free. I'm bullish on Detroit. I love their OC, Ben Johnson. Jared Goff's been playing at a high level, even though people don't want to give him credit for that. Uh, A team that a lot of people liked at the beginning of the season. No one liked Tampa Bay, yet that might be the best team in the division, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's in Tampa. What are you seeing in this game? So, I love Detroit. I love watching them. My favorite team in the NFC. I'm a Dolphins fan. In the AFC, here's the problem. They could be without the best offensive lineman. Sam Laporta, star, young, rookie, tight end, has appeared on the injury list with a calf injury. And as we know, if you watch Joe Burrow, that can take two, three, four weeks. He could be out this week. Gibbs, their running back, may not play. Best receiver may not play. Tampa's coming off of the bye here. And what has their defense done? They've gotten at least two takeaways in every single game this year. So they just want to play error-free football, have Baker Mayfield distribute the ball to the play- playmakers here. Chris Godwin, eight receptions last week, 114 yards. I like Tampa Bay here. Off the bye week, at home, getting three to three and a half points. Wrong team favorite, Detroit outright. Not a high-scoring game, though, 17-16. Wow. All right, Lee, here's another big one, especially in this division, where basically in the AFC South, it's kind of up for grabs. And we know Jacksonville just got done playing two games across the pond where they capitalized and beat the Bills. Are they going to remain hot? Are they going to have jet lag? They're taking on the Colts in a big divisional game. You know, I think that they might. And this is the first divisional revenge game that we have, uh, the rematch of the, of the season. The first game the Jags beat the Colts 31-21. to Some things have changed. Anthony Richardson will not play in this game. But I like Gardner Minshew. I think he does a great job distributing the ball. Zach Moss out of nowhere, he was like the second or third string running back for Buffalo last year, NFL's third leading rusher. Jonathan Taylor comes in with fresh legs here. And, I mean, as you mentioned, jet lag. I think that might affect this team. Trevor Lawrence, there's something wrong. This is not the same team as last year, late in the year. Just three touchdowns in the last four games. And Calvin Ridley leading the NFL and drop passes here. Another upset. Indianapolis gets the job done here, 26-20. It's a very busy day in Houston on Sunday. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com, joining us on the HRP guest line. Starts off with Texans football at noon, then they'll play ALCS game one against the Rangers on uh, on Sunday night. Texans are a home dog, but a small home dog. It, it's only one point. Houston played a very similar team last week in the Falcons that they're getting this week with the Saints. You know, C.J. Stroud, can they look better offensively going into the bye week? What are you seeing between the, the Saints and the Texans on Sunday? Yeah, you know, this uh, Houston team, I, I like what they're building. And not going to happen overnight, but you see a Houston offensive line that has been in flux with injuries. Last three games, they've not allowed a sack. C.J. Stroud is really, I mean, this kid picks it up here. He's poised. He's talented. I I think he's a better quarterback right now at this point, believe it or not, than Derek Carr, who's failed to ignite this New Orleans team so far. Two defensive-minded coaches here. All five of the New Orleans games this season have finished with a combined total of 37 points or less. All five have gone under two. 
the Saints have scored fewer than 21 points in four or five games. You don't want to lay points here. Let's take Houston here. 20 to 17 over the Saints on Sunday. Oh, that's the music yep. to a lot of people's ears in Houston. Lee. Let's, I mean, look, we've already highlighted how hot you've been. We've talked about the appetizer leading to the big meal. But if you want to eat, you got to know how to get to the table. Explain to everybody, including the free play, what you got going on, how they get in contact with you, and what they need to do. How about this free play? LSU and Auburn. I've got a real strong opinion on this game. You want to get it for free, call 800 400 9741 9741 We'll give you LSU and Auburn on me. 800 First 10 callers. And if you want to hop on board, you don't need to try me for a month or a season. You get tonight's Thursday night thriller. We've only lost one Thursday night game all season long. Just $25. And if you want to hop on board, how about this? My first 40 to 50 unit college release of the season. We've already hit our first 45 unit play in the NFL. We're 62 and 20 on these plays the last 15 seasons. You can get three weeks, not October, we call it October. Three weeks, just $247. One place, ParamountSports.com. Very good, Lee. ParamountSports.com. Enjoy your football weekend, which starts tonight. You too, guys. Just hopefully no. Um, debacle like the Miami game last week. <laughs> <laughs> well, the NFL, anything can happen. At least no, college, hurt. college, Miami Hurricane. Oh, oh no, you're Mario talking about Cristobal. <laughs> oh, yeah. I went to the Dolphins game. Here's what's crazy. Went to the Dolphins game against the Giants, and usually the crowds when any of the New York teams come in, I mean, sold out, and they're pumped. It was like they won the game easy. It was like people were going to church. Really? Did did that game affect the lines at all? I, I didn't keep up with uh, you know totals or the spread. Did that impact Vegas at all? Uh, no, I mean you're talking about the University of Miami game. Yeah, yeah the the result. No, no the it didn't. And all it that. didn't. I mean they were a 21 okay. point favorite. That's right. But uh, if Miami uh, runs the table and wins the next couple games, uh, take a little bit of the luster off the Miami Florida State game coming up uh, in a month. Yeah, that was a wild Oof. finish. Yeah. Lee, thanks so much. Uh, we'll talk okay, again guys. next week. Take care. You got it. Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. Yeah, I think Mario Cristobal is going to make an appearance on our show at 4.30, by the way. That's whenever we have Bad Take Boulevard. What do you think of this Thursday night matchup? Chiefs, Broncos, 10.5-point spread. Chiefs are favored. I hear wind is supposed to be an issue at Arrowhead tonight. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, That's what I was reading. I just look at it, and I think that you see now Frank Clark's. They're trying to shop him. They're either going to cut him or they're going to. They're shopping him. You know, they they already got rid of Gregory uh, in Denver. You look at all the things Denver's doing, and it's like the Sean Payton rebuild has already started, and that he's already trying to capsize to try and get Caleb and, and do the kind of things that he can build his kind of team around. And I think that Kansas City is is ripe now to start putting the pedal down and really showing the rest of the AFC that, you know, a lot of things change and a lot of things stay the same. And they're going to, at home, wind or no wind, I just, you and I both don't believe in Russell Wilson, but I believe yeah. the Chiefs are for real, and I think that they're going to step all over the Broncos. I have the Chiefs winning by three touchdowns. Yep. Uh, Taylor Swift's in the house, and they just, they don't lose Oh, games she's back? When Taylor Swift is there, she's back. And, and, you know, Denver, you know what they feel like to me? They feel like year one under Casario. Whenever, like, who cares who the head coach was? Like, you had a terrible roster, David Cully, Sean Payton, who really cares? Where you were just tearing it down, and, like, you were getting rid of a name, notable player, like, every single week. Yeah, it's like, instead of the fighting Rex Burkheads, it's the fighting overpaid veterans, but but yeah. now he's just trying to clear the cupboard as quick as he can and in the process stay ahead by being behind 
the Bears, the Cardinals, the teams we thought were going to be the basement dwellers, just so that whether it's Caleb Williams or he's in the top five to get another quarterback, it just seems like he's already planning for the rebuild, starting with his quarterback and so much more. Speaking of that uh, that rebuild, kind of, and the, the unloading that's going on in Denver, we've already seen some names go out of town, some names are on the rumor mill, all of those things. Should the Texans be interested in, in one of them? Should they be interested and Jerry Judy, 713-780-ESPN. It's the, HR, it's the HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Basketball season is getting underway. Preseason getting started in the pros. College basketball season right around the corner. Practices have opened up. Uh, your kid might be trying out for their high school and middle school teams coming up or, or an AAU squad as well. And if you want them to be their best, you need a goal in your driveway. And if you're going to get a goal in your driveway, don't go cheap. Don't go to the big box stores. Get an affordable goal from Pro Dunk, and they have the highest quality goals you'll you'll ever find. Tempered glass backboard. It's got stainless steel hardware. It's rust proof, which is critical in Houston. And the pros at Pro Dunk have figured out how to make it rust proof, unlike the big box stores. Also, a breakaway rim, and it is height adjustable. Yeah, you can lower it down to five feet. Make yourself feel like you can have a slam dunk contest because you couldn't do it at ten feet. You might be able to at five feet though. You can lower it all the way there. You can raise it all the way up to regulation at 10 feet and anywhere in between. Maybe you have a little one working on their shot and they can't quite reach the 10-foot shot yet. Maybe they need it at 6, 7 feet. Well, you can do that with Pro Dunk. Also, their accessories are great. LED light kits for night play. You have to work. You have a job. You're not like our Twitchers that don't work. You have a job. You need to be somewhere during the day. You have kids at school. Well, get these LED light kits so you can play at night. Uh, backstop nets, pole pad lettering, lots, lots more. And you can order every Everything online, including professional installation. This is what catches my attention because I'm not good with a hammer. I'm not good with a drill. But you know who is? The pros at Pro Dunk. They will professionally install your goal at the perfect height, perfectly straight. You don't need a ladder. You don't need a level. You need the pros at Pro Dunk, and they'll do all of the work for you, and they'll be happy to do it. Give them a call at 281-351-9822 and visit ProDunk.com. That's ProDunk.com. Welcome back to the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5. Killer Bees are also known as Africanized Bees. And we all know there's nothing Africanized about these two guys. It's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. Three, three, 3%, Spence. 3%. I'm going to see Spencer tonight. Uh, the, the Houston-West Virginia game is on uh, FS1 uh, tonight. Spencer Tillman's going to be over in the press box. And I'm going to tell Spencer that, hey, I thought we got on the same page a few months ago, but apparently not. So I'm going to give uh, a Spence three uh, percent of my mind. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, Jerry Judy is on the trade block, Blankers. I think everybody on the Denver Broncos is pretty much on the trade block. Uh, but Jerry Judy's one that's intriguing. And the price, I've seen the price vary a lot whenever people try to guess what the price would be for Jerry Judy. One observation that I have, unless it was Christian McCaffrey last year, that usually in-season trades – the player that is getting traded usually gets traded for a lot less than what you would think. Would you agree? Would you I would. Agree to that? I would. I think. I think it devout in season, for lack of a better reason, maybe because the planning's already done for the year, so it's tougher to kind of adjust on the fly. And I think teams like we just talked about, as it relates to a player on the team that is being orchestrated by Sean Payton, I think that there's like a fire sale at a certain point. They just it means more to get the cap numbers down and the salaries off the books than it does the kind of prices and negotiations that go in prior to the draft in the offseason. 
And I think that that's why when you and I were talking about this and looking at guys on that roster, in particular Judy, you look at it and you go, I think you can get him for a pretty good bargain right now. Yeah, see, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to pretend like I know. Now, there's a certain price that I would pay for Jerry Judy and a certain price I wouldn't pay for Jerry Judy. Now, I will say this. He intrigues me. And someone, uh, I can't remember who said it, but somebody on Twitter the other day, like, you guys need to get over that Jerry Judy's good at football. You're looking at where he was drafted and his pre-draft stuff, and you're letting all of that cloud your judgment on who Jerry Judy is. Uh, Judy, of course, first-rounder out of Alabama, went 15th overall. I would push back on that, though. Like, if you look at Jerry Judy's career, his rookie season, he caught 52 passes. You know, not not bad, not great, not bad. But he had 856 yards. Like, that's mm-hmm. a good rookie season. And whenever you throw in the fact that he did it with Drew Locke, that intrigues me more. The second year, he had some injuries, only only played in 10 games. And then last year, he had 67 catches for 972 yards and six touchdowns. He had almost a 1,000-yard season with a Daniel Hackett who was one and done and a washed-up Russell Wilson. I think, like, before we even talk about compensation, should the Texans be interested, the first thing you have to ask yourself, is Jerry Judy good at football? And for me, it's a, it's a clear yes, he is a good football player. Yeah, I think that, you know, we talk about and Houston fans know this better than most who's throwing you the football makes a whole world of difference and we know that Russell Wilson looked awful last year we know that the quarterbacks that he's seen have not been great so you think about that and that as being a factor as well and there's no reason to believe that this guy can't play football there's every reason to believe that as good as he's been or however you think he's been since he's been in the NFL excuse me there's a chance for him to take it up a notch If he gets a good quarterback, he can actually take his stats to another level while helping your team get to the next level. And I think that's why the Texans should be intrigued by him. Because if he's in the right situation and he's got the right quarterback throwing in the football and the right offensive mind scheming plays for him, as you mentioned, not Nathaniel Hackett, who capitalized greatly on Aaron Rodgers, you look at the fact that you could get a guy like Bobby Slowick and give him a weapon that he could use just like he's used and made the receivers that he's had so far look better, as well as what C.J. Stroud's been able to do for them, and say he could come here, he could resurrect his career to take it to another level, and he could help this team take the next step. It sounds like we're on the same page. Yeah, we think he's talented. We, we think he's a good player. So we got that crossed off. There is the one negative with Judy that I, I honestly I think it's the contract because Judy next year is going to make around $13 million. And it's a dead cap of $13 million too. So if you're trading for Judy, you're also picking up that $13 million next year, which is the final year of his deal. Now you're looking at contract extension if you want to go that route. So honestly, I think the contract something that's going to lessen the value of Jerry Judy on the trade market. It's why I've seen like, like second round for Jerry Judy, I don't believe that to be the case. I'd be stunned if Jerry Judy got a second rounder back because of the contract. So we think he's talented. We think that he's proven to be a good player in the NFL, and he's done it with some bad quarterback play, Drew Locke and then Russell Wilson last year. What is the most you would trade if you were Nick Casario, if you're the Houston Texans, for uh, Jerry Judy? See, here's here's where it gets a little dicey for me because the other day when we were talking about this and I didn't know exactly where his contract was, I was thinking that if they're talking about a fifth-round pick, I would go up to a fourth for sure, and I would I would actually at least consider, if I was in a bidding war, a third. But at 13 next year and still trying to figure out how he fits in your system and what he can be or not be and having to figure it out on the fly – this season and then going into next, 
I don't know that I, I can't go to a third anymore. I think that the highest I would go is a fourth. If I could get them for a fifth, I certainly should do that if I'm the Texans and take the flyer because we know that this team has money. We know that the one thing that CJ's really missing right now is a wide receiver one that you can go to. I think that I would go as high as a fourth, but I, 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 with the money involved in it, I don't think I could go to a third. Yeah, see, I don't think that Judy would be the number one on this team. Like, I don't think that Jerry Judy's a, honestly a great wide receiver one. Like, maybe he's the most talented receiver on the Texans if you throw him into their pool. I think it could be an argument with Nico. I think it could be an argument with Tank. But relative to other wide receiver ones in the NFL, I'm not going that high for Judy. I think that Judy would be like a really good complimentary piece to another really good one. Now you have a really good wide receiver room. Although a wide receiver room of Judy, Tank, Nico, uh, Mechie, like long-term, it excites me. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to pay Jerry Judy $15 million more than what he's on the books for next year. So because of the contract, like I think he's a good player. The contract situation does make this a, a bit messy. It does make this a bit complicated, I, not only for the Texans, but league-wide, quite frankly. I wouldn't trade more than a fourth. If I could give Judy for like a fifth and a seventh or a fifth and like, you know, whatever, like a pick swap of a sixth and a seventh, maybe. But I wouldn't give a pick better than a than a fifth rounder. I'm not going fourth rounder higher and maybe that drives me out of the conversation maybe that pushes maybe Denver's like no way we're not going to do that okay fine well I'm just not going to trade for Jerry Judy the most that I would trade for Jerry Judy is like a fifth combination with like a seventh but I would not give up a fourth or more for Jerry Judy because of the contract quite frankly yeah how much do like do past trades do you think affect present ones because it's really hard to think the idea that Jerry Judy could be got for a third or a fourth it's obviously one of the worst trades in the NFL what, the last what past two years trades? but Claypool Okay, that was yeah last year. That was that was actually in season too. It was mid season yep. for a second round pick. Like it's a terrible trade, and I think like there's a lesson learned here for everyone looking on the outside for like if you're the, if you're Nick Casario and the Texans. But if that's what Claypool's going for mid season, who had another year left on his contract, just like Judy, what was he making? I think uh, he's way less. Probably okay. way that, less. I thought it was going to be yeah. way less, but at the same time, it, it's a it's a good example to bring up, Joe, because I think to Jeremy's point. I think that teams, no matter how much they might be desperate for another receiver, I think teams look at that big cap figure, that big dollar figure, and figure this is this is a salary dump by Sean Payton, so we shouldn't have to give up that much. Yeah, see, the, the, the reason that Judy's contract's so high is because it's a fifth-year option. The Broncos already picked up the fifth-year option on Jerry Judy. Now, I don't think anybody else would have played that paid the Claypool price last year. Well, I supposedly think the Packers did. That's right. You're right. I it was the, that. the Packers offered a second as well, but the Steelers made the right decision and said they took the worst teams See, second. But, but is the lesson going to be learned from other NFL teams, or is the lesson going to be learned from the team that's trading the player? Because I think the lesson learned there was if you're the Bears or you're the Packers and you were giving a second rounder for a receiver that you had no idea who he was, and it turned out to be one of the worst trades we've seen in the last five years, I think more NFL teams are reluctant to make that type of move. Um, I do think that the Broncos are going to are going to trade Jerry Judy to the highest bidder. Uh, this is not oh, a situation sure. where the the Broncos are going to be like, well, no, Claypool got a second, so if we don't get a second rounder, we're not going to trade J- Jerry Judy. I don't believe that to be the case. I think that Judy's going to go to the highest bidder no matter what. Do I think it's better than a fourth round? Honestly, I do. I think it is. I personally wouldn't give a fourth rounder or more for Judy though because of the contract. No, I, but I think there's going to be a potential for a bidding war. What do you I, think the highest he goes for? I think that the the money is going to push it down, but I think that a third could be in play depending on which team it is. Because if it's a perennial, look, Kansas City, uh, you know, they're still looking for receiver help, and, and and 
you know, it seems that they can always figure out the finances later, but they don't have the receivers that even they thought that Mahomes could develop this season. I, I think that that could factor in to where Kansas City could look at that and go, you know, we saw Atlanta make a move for a receiver, Robinson from the Rams, this last week, and, and, and they're, you know, they know their division is winnable, but they see some things to where they're trying to upgrade. So I think the money is going to try and scare some people away. But I think at the end of the day, there's going to be a veteran team whose pick's going to be a little lower that's probably going to be willing to throw a third at him. That's what I think he goes for. Van Jefferson, you mean. The, or the Jefferson, Rams, correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah, not Robinson. But yeah, yep. but I knew what you meant. But the uh, I think it's going to be a third, too. I don't think the Texans are going to be in the mix for Jerry Judy. I would be intrigued if I can get them very, very cheap. Uh, five nine seven seven. we have four receivers, guys. I think that Judy's in, but Judy makes the room better. And then, to me, if I'm trading for Judy, it's more about next season. Yeah, how like, long is Robert, Robert Woods going to be on this team? Yeah, I'd be a little surprised if Woods is on this team next year. Maybe, I agree. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong on that. Uh, but to me, this is more of a trade about like next year than it is this year. But it does upgrade you as soon as this season. But because last year is the final year of the deal, it is pretty pricey. And now you're talking contract extension. I'm probably not going to pay the price uh, that, that another team will. Because I, I tend to agree with you, Blankers, that I think it's going to be a third rounder yep. ultimately. Oh, what lands Jerry Judy. And Joe, to your point on Claypool, though, wasn't the word already out? Correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I thought the word was already out that he was kind of a bad apple and that, you know, a team taking him had to take that into consideration, too, that whether you just wonder if he really loved football or not, he had some act-up issues coming off of Juju being a guy that had off-the-field kind of act-up issues to where I would have thought that he'd have been labeled more to where more teams wanted to stay away from him because of the fact that he was a character concern going into your locker room. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised that either the Packers or the Bears actually offered a second and they took yeah. one of them because, uh, in re- retrospect, that trade looks awful. I thought it was bad at the time. I thought he was worth a third at best. But like, So I, I would go a third for Judy. But honestly, if, if they called me and they were like you, a second rounder, I'd still have to consider it. No, least. that's too much. See, too much. He's only here with for, the money, only here the for money. I think the the money definitely makes that too much. Because now, I mean, you would have to assign him to a pretty pricey extension, and now it's like, is Jerry Judy worth that big of a price That's tag? True. Plus, giving up the second round—that's too much for me. Didn't the, what was the Texans trade for Demarius Thomas? I want to say a fourth, right? Wasn't it a fourth? Was like it that a, high? I'm pretty sure it was. It may have been even a fifth, but I think it was a fourth. I can't find it. Google Google's. Uh, when you search Demarius Thomas, you see some things you don't want to see. Ooh, Not the, the trade. Yeah, no. yeah rest in peace, yep. uh, Demarius Thomas. Uh, 713-780-3776. Let's get to uh, our favorite segment of the Some of our favorite segments of the week. Bad Take Boulevard. Who's making the list this week? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Something that's never a bad take, in fact, it's a great take, is having some gentle bin at the end of the day. I like a good drink, vodka, gin, bourbon, all in that rotation for me. And Gentle Bin Spirits does it all, and they do it better than anybody else. How? They're revolutionary Perseido technology that eliminates impurities for the cleanest, smoothest spirits you'll ever taste. Purification of Gentle Bin is unrivaled. You'll love what's not in Gentle Bin, uh, including gluten. There's no gluten in Gentle Bin. Now, Gentle Bin isn't going to brag about that one because all spirits are gluten-free. Try a sip of Gentle Bin Vodka, Gin, Straight Bourbon, or Cast Strength Bourbon. Compare it to what you drink, uh, what you drink, and you'll never go back. I've been a Gentle Bin man ever since I had that first sip. And you get all the flavor with none of the burn. It is smooth. It is clean. It eliminates the burn. Enjoy your drink. Don't work through your drink. You can find Gentle Bin at Minute Maid Park. Still some baseball games left there, and you can also find it at 
at Rockets Games. Stop by Ben's Bar whenever you're headed to your seats at the Toyota Center. Look for Gentle Ben at the liquor store on your way home today. Ask for it at your favorite restaurant or bar or head to the Gentle Ben Tasting Room. Also, head to GentleBen.com. You can search where Gentle Ben's carried, but you can also order online. You can order the vodka, the gin, the bourbon straight from GentleBen.com, and they'll deliver it right to your doorstep. So make sure you head to GentleBen.com and order some today. Gentle Ben, the secret ingredient is what's not in it. So many bad takes on sports. What do you do with all of them? Only there is something in your head to control the things you say. Well, the killer bees use them to build an actual street where they can get run over for all eternity. 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 What's that street? Bad Take Boulevard. Well, Ong's on Bad Take Boulevard, 713-780-ESPN. It was unanimous with us all that leading off Bad Take Boulevard today was Mario Cristobal with the biggest gaffe we've seen in college football in our lifetimes. Running the football with under 40 seconds left to play in the game. The clock rolling. Georgia Tech didn't have any more timeouts. It was not fourth down. Mario Cristobal at the very top of Bad Take Boulevard. Without question. I think we all voted him in for the car wreck of the day the other day, and the continuation was a slam dunk easy one. I know that he's come back and apologized. He's lucky that he still has his job, man. I know that, you know, the alums love him because, you know, he, he's one of their own and all that other stuff. He's winning. <laughs> and I get that. But, man, that's one where if you were having a, 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 a more of a struggling type season, that could have been a clincher for your job because that's inexcusable. But he'll live to fight another day. But hopefully he never can. That was his first time ever in the victory form, formation. He needs to do it. Freaking every time now. Yeah, that was our first loss, too. Like, unbelievable. Mario Cristobal, you make the list this week. You just made the list! Do you see Twins fans after they beat the Blue Jays in the wild card series? Mm -hmm. The the Twins hosted the Blue Jays in the wild card series. They made quick work of Toronto. Uh, They swept them in the best of three. These were the Twins fans in Minnesota after they beat the Blue Jays. We want Houston! Mm. Minnesota Twins. What do they learn? Nothing from other fans around Major League Baseball that that say they want Houston. Then they get Houston, and then Houston eliminates them and ends their baseball lives for that particular season. Learn your lesson, people. Start with the Yankee fans and go right down the list. And for all of those fan Philly fans, I mean, just we get in it. line. Be careful now. We got one more. Yeah, well, that's not a bad take. Yet. It, uh, it's on its way. It's bookmarked. We're saving it for later, but we can't say it yet. Mm, mm -hmm. We can't say it yet. Mm -hmm. It hasn't yet happened. Uh, So, Minnesota fans, you make the list. You just made the list. You guys have any any other takes before we get to Joe George's? I got plenty, and I mentioned (laughs) a a couple. uh, One yesterday, and then there's another one that's fresh on my mind. Go for it. Because let's start with our – well, let's start in order of what's happened in baseball. But I mentioned this yesterday. But when you get Orioles fans – that were overzealous about calling the Astros names, about the asterisks, and now the fact that to move over, to step aside, that it was time for the Orioles to take over, and it was time for them to go on their run. Maybe not so much. Maybe when you're the best record in the American League and you've got your, you know, you're caught in your feelings and you're all feeling good. Maybe don't go to Twitter. Maybe don't go and go too far too quickly because now instead of feeling sorry for you. Now you kind of feel like you got what you deserved, and especially this T on Twitter who decided to basically state the American League runs through Baltimore now. You losers, meaning Astros, won't even win 90 games. Shut the F up. Sit the F down. You've been dethroned. 
Your asterisks are there, so just hush. I promise I won't say anything when you Astros lose in the wild card. Nope. You did not win what you were supposed to do. You're going home. You shut your mouth. Who, who, you who, just made the who list. Is this? The, T, lowercase oh. T. Thankfully, a lowercase T on Twitter. Okay. But, yeah, he he had more, but this was the, the, the most overzealous one to where, yeah, receipts matter. That was not one you should have probably put out there. So, lowercase T makes the list. I yes. like it. Yeah. Uh, Twitch tattletailed on uh, Joe George yesterday. Yeah, um, jerk. They put uh, they put Joe on the on the list of Bad Take Boulevard this week. Apparently, Joe, you're gonna have to clarify this because I, I don't remember you saying this, but Twitch certainly does. They say that you said Jose Arquini would never pitch again for the Astros. I think I said he would never start for the Astros again. Mm-hmm. Equally, I mean, it's not as bad a take, but still a bad but take. But I don't remember, so I'm just gonna say <laughs> you just made the list. It's not my worst one. At, at one point uh, <laughs> in 2019. 2020, I don't remember what year. I said Granky wouldn't make the playoff roster. I got crushed for that one. Man. <laughs> okay, well you, you own it. You got some doozies, huh? When he, we, he pitched in like one, he pitched in like one game in the playoffs. This year. is why so we hired Joe. We hired Joe so he could uh, be a main hot character. Oh in yeah, Bad Take Boulevard. I, it's like that's what I'm here for. It's Bad Take Boulevard. Well, yeah. on that we keep it in the hive. We'll keep it directly here. But have we done a wellness check on our friend Key from L.A.? Key from L.A., when I kept telling him his Dodgers were the Utah Jazz of baseball, they were going to shine brightly all regular season, only to crap all over themselves in the playoffs. And he kept sending us text messages about, hey, your Astros are done. Hey, it's not their year. Hey, guys, just accept it. And, oh, by the way, my Dodgers, Dodgers, Dodgers. Key, have you crawled out from under your covers today? Are you okay? Please tell us you're okay. Yeah, Key makes the list for talking all that mess. You just made the list. Uh, not a gr- Speaking of guys from L.A., Bill Plachke, who writes for one of those papers what in L.A. What a he is. Uh, he, he, said, he tweeted this on October 7th before the uh, Division Series play. He said, Column, going to tweet this before every Dodgers series to remind you I called it. Read it and leap. The Dodgers will win the 2023 World Series championship. They got swept by the Diamondbacks, which I'm, I'm so happy for the Diamondbacks. You just made the list. Brent Strom's there. Uh, uh, Fanny Roosters there. Like, I love that the Diamondbacks swept the Dodgers. That's so cool. He was doing cannonballs in the pool? Yeah, he was doing cannonballs in the pool last night. It was incredible. Uh, I love Brent Strong. I'm everyone, so happy for everyone him. Everyone needs a pool now so they can celebrate in the pool. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm jealous of the, of the Diamondbacks players. I think it's great. Just Jeff celebrate Passen. in Tampa with those things in the pool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those will hurt you. Uh, yep. Jeff Passan makes the list. He said that the Twins were going to beat the Astros. So he did. You That's just right. made the list. Jeff Passan makes the list. Joe, you told us that uh, John McClain needed to be on the list this week, or was that yeah. Joel? I don't remember. Yes, no, it was, uh, it was Jeremy. I mean, it was, it was Joe. When the uh, Christian Javier uh, foul tip play happened, he said, quote, Christian Javier has become unglued. Christian Javier then got out of the inning with giving up no more runs. Oh yeah, you just I made was the list. To to uh, it definitely belongs on the list. Although I'm loving the general right now, he's giving me a lot of impressions on the Twitter. Um, he um, I was worried that that was going to lead to a beginning. I was very worried that was going to lead to a beginning. Now, guys, I don't cover football anymore. I want to prove to the world that I know baseball. I'm going to just follow and tweet Jeremy Branham's tweets because mine suck. At Jeremy Branham, uh, by the Thumbs way. Thumbs up, baby. Did you say you had another one, Blankers? No, those were, I, those were the two I had. This was uh, one final one, unless you have one too, Joe. Do you have another one? No, I'm good. Toe for T. Uh, the other day when I tweeted out the Texans offensive line that um, Titus Howard is going to play left guard, Toe for T, quote, you must work for Bill O'Brien or something. Titus Howard will be at right tackle when he returns, period. Stop being oblivious. Toe for T, 
Titus Howard play left guard, and for that, you make the You list. just made the list. That's it for Bad Take Last Boulevard. I, checked, too, Jim. I don't think he, they, were, they gave up a sack. They did not, but mm. the running game was not great. Uh, no, no. I don't know if I want to scoreboard that one, per se. No, but the sacks are the most important thing. Any, You're right, they are, unless you're Will Anderson. Uh, probably too soon. Mm, no. uh, probably too soon on that one. If you have other bad takes, just tweet them at uh, Pac-Man Joel. I'd be happy to read them. Uh, Dusty Baker's decisions. They've caused lots of frustration throughout the years. Uh, some people complain. Some believe everything he has to say. But... Dusty Baker is the most decorated manager in Houston Astro history. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Head to Little Woodrow's and catch the game tonight. A couple of football games tonight. Got one in the NFL, got one in college. And they have game days covered better than anyone else. Go out to Little Woodrow's. Watch all the games tonight. Some baseball tonight. They'll have wall-to-wall TVs on all the games. It's my favorite sports bar in Houston. I'm there every week. Uh, it's also your spot to catch the Strohs in the playoffs beginning on on Sunday, especially the Edo location. It's within walking distance of Minute Maid Park. So if you're going to the Astros game on Sunday or Monday, this is your pregame spot. It's your postgame spot. If you don't have a ticket to Minute Maid Park, this is still your spot before the game, during the game, after the game, because big parties always at Little Woodrow's. Large patios with HDTVs, jumbotrons with all the sports you want to watch, and never a bad seat in the house. Fall weather is here. Postseason baseball is here. Football is going on nearly every day. It's Woodrow's season. Little Woodrow's casual backyard bar that you can find all over H-Town. Game day bucket specials, daily drink specials, great food, whether it's a location that has a kitchen or it's one of the spots with a food truck. It's all fantastic. I love steak night, personally. Good times and colder beer, local bites, it's southern hospitality at its finest. Make Little Woodrow's your happy hour spot, your game day location, or just where you relax on the patio. Good drinks and good company. And it's pet friendly. Three new locations coming soon. Sugarland, Webster, and you wanted to eat Little Woodrow's, your local Texas watering hole. Most bees make honey. These killer bees make great sports insights, but they also make honey. Don't ask about the process. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Joel and Jeremy. I've seen enough, Blankers. Dusty Baker's the most decorated manager in Astros history. He's got one World Series title, which is the same as A.J. Hinch. Those are the only two World Series titles in franchise history. They both have two World Series appearances. Uh, Dusty went in 2022, also went in 2021. We know that A.J. Hinch went in 17 and 19. So it's a tie on that front in terms of the World Series and the World Series appearances. Dusty, though, has now passed... A.J. Hinch for ALCS appearances. Mm -hmm. He has four to A.J. Hinch's three. And Dusty also has more playoff wins than any other Houston Astro manager in franchise history. I don't think you can argue that Dusty Baker is the most decorated manager in Astro's history. No, Joe and I were kicking this around a little earlier before the show. I just think that this season, this run, what he's done and where they are and it's not over yet, Kind of solidified everything that you needed to know. At first, at first glance, when I heard this, and I'm thinking, let me think about that for a second. But the more you, you, you break it down like you just did, you go, yeah, you know what? He is. He is the greatest manager in the history of the Houston Astros. And we don't know how far this run's going to go, but the fact that they've been able to overcome everything, overcome the questions we had going into the playoffs, and have returned now for the seventh straight year to the ALCS, and at his helm, he continues to do the kind of things that you need a manager to do, especially overcoming what he's overcome, the intangible side of things, coming out of the cheating scandal. 
I think I think he has solidified himself as the greatest manager in Houston Astros history. The the pushback, and I, I'm not pushing back, but just to to play devil's advocate and, and argue the other side for just a moment. You know, Dusty has as many World Series as anybody else in franchise history, tied with Hinch. Same thing with World Series appearances, tied with Hinch. Dusty has more playoff wins, and he has more ALCS appearances. The where AJ Hinch has Dusty Baker, and look, some people might be like, "Well, you know, don't don't discount Larry Durker. You know, he could be in the conversation too because he has a bunch of regular season wins." Now, AJ Hinch does have a better win percentage than Dusty, although it's close. Hinch's win percentage is five ninety four. Dusty's is five eighty six. And AJ does have him in wins, overall wins, but he also was with the club a, a little bit longer than Dusty Baker was too. So Hinch, I think, has better probably better regular season accolades because mm-hmm. the win percentage is better and because he has more total wins. Now again, was has been the manager was the manager longer than Dusty's currently been the manager. But one thing that I always give a tremendous amount of value to and what I kind of put like my measurements on whenever I'm talking about like accolades and sports figures and players and managers, I always give a heavy emphasis on postseason success. And if I give a heavy emphasis on postseason success, I gotta give Dusty the edge because he's had better success in the playoffs by by a little bit over AJ. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I think that when you look at it, we know that, sure, it matters what you do in the regular season because without a, a decent regular season, you aren't getting to the playoffs at all. But what we all measure everything by, and we just got done talking about it with the Dodgers, and, and I, I was thinking about it last night again, how does Dave Roberts survive every single year when 11 straight playoff appearances and yet they can't get to where they need to go with the exception of the the COVID-shortened season. You you look at it and you go, yeah, regular season matters, but at the end of the day, if you don't get it done in the playoffs, it's like the year that the Golden State Warriors won all those games. They're like, well, but if you don't win the championship, then does it really matter all that much what you did in the regular season? The regular season matters, but the postseason is where you write those extension checks as an owner and where you get the true accolades. I think Dusty, he, he has earned everything by doing what he's done in the postseason. And again, we're not done with this season. The interesting thought to me that crossed my mind as we were you were going through some of the stats, Jeremy, is, guys, if, if Dusty Baker had that team in the National Series... Does Dusty Baker even bat an eye and think about whether it be Grinky coming out or Cole going in? Those are the two biggest things that AJ is, you know pays the 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 eternal price for from Astros fans. I'm curious because of Dusty's love for veterans and the way he manages differently than AJ. Would Dusty have hesitated at all to keep Grinky in the game and or gone to Cole? Yeah, it's tough to it's tough to say. I would guess that uh, he would have left Grinky in. I think so too. Uh, kind of the the vibes over the analytics because the vibes felt like Grinky could get you through the inning. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kind of got screwed on the Juan Soto at bat too. Um, whereas the analytics probably told it, you that it was time for for Grinky to leave the game. So I I would I would think that Dusty would uh, take him out. Yeah, my eye test said if I'm Dusty, I'm looking at Grinky thinking he's got something left in the tank and he's rolling and I got to stick with him and. You know the Coles the Cole situation is a different conversation, but I think Dusty's also so loyal to the horses that got him there that he wouldn't have hesitated to go to Cole in that situation either. Yeah, I don't think he would have used Cole at the uh, in the inning though, because Dust. I don't think Dusty likes to go with those like his long guys or starters out of the bullpen uh, with runners on base. I think that he would have if if he was going to make a change. I think he goes Harris and then tries to give Cole a clean inning. Quite honestly, I, I don't think he would have used Dusty would would have used Cole in the middle of that inning. I think that he, with his his pawpaw's gut, 
I think he would have felt like if I need one guy to get one out for me and just flat out go in and overpower someone, uh, I think he would have gone to Cole. I don't think he would have stayed with Cole longer than that. I think, but to get, I, feel, that, I don't. I don't feel like you have any proof for that though. Like, like he's never used a starter in that spot. Like, no, ever. but I think that being in a situation, look, a desperation is something too. He was chasing his first series title at that point. If he was in that situation, but I think that he would have gone because I don't think he'd have felt comfortable burning Cole for a long stint. But I think that he. I feel like personally, knowing that that guy's fat, his stuff. For that one out that he had to have, I think that he would have gone and got him for and let him get that at least that one out. Fair enough. I just don't know if there's any evidence no, to not, like him using a starter in a, in a spot like that. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN five seven nine nine eight brings up a good question that yeah I didn't think we'd be having yet, but uh, nonetheless. So do y'all want Dusty back next season? Boy, I mm, uh, let's see how this season plays out, but I. I that's a great question. I, I said all along I didn't think he would be back, I, whether it was his choice or the team's choice. And I, I think the only way that we have this conversation is if they win the World Series. If they win the World Series and he wants to come back, then I think he will be back. But I think short of that, that's a hell of a that's a hell of a discussion to have now as opposed to when we had it earlier. Because I think a lot of people's minds are going to start changing with every single win in the playoffs. But man. Yeah, if, uh, unless he does something egregious that costs the Astros a LCS or a World Series, which a lot of times managers, and sometimes it happens, not not a lot. Usually it's the players, not the manager that has a gaffe like that. Yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to have Dusty back, uh, quite frankly. Like, he, he's a winner. Um, I like the vibes over the analytics. I think Major League Baseball is actually turning back the clock a bit, going with old school managers where, like, look at Arlington. They brought in Bruce mm-hmm. Bochy. Look at the success that they had. Now you can counterpoint me and be like, yeah, but look at Buck. Showalter, which is fair, but I do feel like baseball is going back to like um, experience versus analytics because you can have assistants that run all the numbers, but you want that manager to kind of have their pulse. You don't want to pull Blake Snell, you know, the third time through the lineup. So I, I'll, I'll take Dusty back. I, I like that he kind of manages for the full season. Um, I think he's a good playoff manager. The players love him. Yeah, I, I would. Uh, I would Did have you, Dusty back next season. Is that different from what you said previously? Because I know I said. Short of winning a World Series, I, I, I don't think Dusty's back, and, and I don't think that they should have him back, and that was being hypercritical of all the moves in the regular season, and I was on one when he put in that lineup late in the year. I, 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 man, I understand where you're coming from. I'll stick with what I said. If they don't win the World Series, I, I get it how he, if he, there's a way he finds his way back because of these kind of things, but... I'll stick with what I said earlier and just say that I, I I don't see Dusty coming back unless they win the World Series. Yeah, I used to I used to be a win the World Series right off in the sunset, but I don't think Dusty wants to go anywhere. I don't think Dusty wants to retire. I think Dusty likes being a baseball lifer. I think he wants to uh, be in the clubhouse as long as he can. I don't I don't think that Dusty wants to go. And if Dusty wants to be back, you've had a tremendous amount of success. He's led you to a seventh straight ALCS. I'm I'm fine uh, if Dusty Baker's back as the manager. Uh, pessimistic Chad, Dusty inherited a championship team. He didn't build it and never won a ring elsewhere uh, where he was present for the whole run. This topic is clickbait. Uh, it's radio. It's tough to do the the whole click thing. Another text, the, the guy who got you there is more important than the guy who kept you there. So a couple of... Uh, 
uh, maybe Dusty, not the most decorated man. The most decorated managers, it's, that's, that's not an argument. I think that Dusty is the most decorated manager. Decorations based on the resume, the, the accolades. Now, if you want to have an argument on who is the best manager, you could, yeah, but, you know, Hinch took them from where they were, Dusty inherited. Yeah, I could see an argument to be had there. But in terms of decorated, uh, Dusty's the most decorated. Most playoff wins has the most World Series, tied for the most World Series, tied for the most World Series appearances. Uh, but it is an interesting conversation. I, the, would, uh, I would have Dusty back if Dusty wanted to be back. I could see it totally. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to stand on a hill and die on it because of the fact that you're right. The intangibles matter. The locker room loves him. And what he's doing right now it gives me every reason to believe that whatever madness he does in the regular season, the method he uses in the playoff works, and this team's a playoff team. So that means something. But Phil Jackson is the poster child for inherited and not earned it. I mean, Phil Jackson took every team that he had by it, walking into a situation where they were ready to win, and then he gets he's the most decorated NBA coach in the history of the game. Yeah, I think that decorated, and it's the same thing with Brady. Like, was Brady the most talented quarterback of all time? No. I think you could have some arguments there. I think you could bring up Marino. I think you could bring up Manning. Uh, in terms of resume, yeah, Tom Brady yeah. has the greatest resume of anybody in NFL history. Tom Brady has the resume that's better than NFL organizations, quite frankly. But is he the greatest quarterback? Resume, yes. Decoration, yes. Talent? I think Mahomes is more talented. People call me crazy. People when I say think that, that Rodgers' like arm alone just and his ability to make every throw the way he makes yep. it, his arm alone puts him in the conversation. How do you view this matchup with the Rangers? I'm going to dip out early here. I'm going to go over to the football stadium. I'm at the baseball park over here at U of H. I'm going to go over to the football game. Got to work that. Uh, Joe and Joel will take you the rest of the way. How do you view the matchup with the Rangers? 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Before I hurry over there, though, and be careful when you're driving. Make sure you're not hurrying when you're driving. But if you have to, if you are hurrying and you get into a wreck, well, I know who you need to call. You need to call Hollingsworth Law Firm. Do not fear either. Uh, they're not going to ask for a retainer. They're not going to ask for upfront money. They're not going to bill you any hours. You do not pay till you win your case with Hollingsworth Law Firm. And that's the key, Jeremy, because the Hollingsworth Law Firm checks all the boxes. You don't pay unless you win. Can they? Do they offer bilingual services? Absolutely. Are they going to be in your corner every step of the way? For sure. Uh, what's their goal? What's their plan? To support you in every way possible to make sure whether you're battling an insurance company or you're getting in the middle of a lawsuit because you weren't at fault and you want to get what's rightfully yours, they are going to take you through every step of the way and be in your corner until you win. That's the key. Get someone that's dedicated and focused on you. Not getting paid, not doing all the other things that makes the law firm better or the lawyer in, in question. No, make sure that you've got someone that's going to be in your corner every step of the way getting you what you rightfully deserve. Call right now for your free consultation if you or someone you know has been injured in a car wreck. Call right now. Hollingsworth Law Firm, 713-999-8773, 713-999-8773, or visit their website at carwrecktexas.com. That's carwrecktexas.com.